You're listening to Holistic Wednesdays, your weekly podcast for all things holistic in the modern world. Join your hosts, Amy and Shelly, every Wednesday as they dig into a new holistic topic to offer hope, healing, and transformation. Let's join Amy and Shelly. Hey, Shelly. Hey, Amy. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. How was yours? It was awesome. So glad to be back though. And we are going to talk about navigating change today. Which can be really hard for a lot of people. We've been through a lot of change the last three years in our world. And I think a lot of people need help with the navigation part of it. So this is perfect on time. I totally agree. And especially going into the new year, a lot of people like to look to make changes in their life. And sometimes making changes can feel difficult for them. Change and periods of transition in life can be very stressful. Funny because it's been said that change is the only constant in the universe. We experience transformation, both large and small, every single day. At certain critical points in life, the size and scope of change can sometimes cause us to react with fear, anger, increased anxiety, and other ways that may be unpleasant for us. But it's important to remember that this is a natural reaction. People typically seek help when they're in the middle of the, of the change or when they actually, when they're thinking that there's a change coming. I don't think they realize that. They're just like in it and they're trying to figure out like, is it me? And they question their own sanity, but they also know that there's change that needs to happen. So I think a lot of people just need to stick with that awareness path. And then they realize, oh yeah, this is just the change that needs to happen. It's just uncomfortable for a while. And what's really interesting is that we all know that the world is constantly changing around us. But our human mind, we crave consistency and stability and routine and just pattern. And we tell ourselves the same story and this is how we're comfortable. And when one of those areas is out of balance, we don't like that feeling. I think our mind tries to protect us. And by doing, like you said, crave that pattern that, you know, that same thing over and over again. And that is literally our subconscious just trying to protect us and keep us in that place. It's comfortable. Yeah. Our subconscious mind likes to keep us comfortable. And even when it may be a change that we want, like maybe we got the dream job we wanted and we're having to move to a new city, or maybe we're finally having the child we've been wanting to have. All that may be exactly what we want, but sometimes we start to feel that pressure and start to feel overwhelmed of the unknowns in the change. But if we plan for that and we realize that these are just natural reactions, we can even start to embrace that feeling. When we accept the inevitability of change, we might even experience inner peace instead of turmoil. And we can really create a better future in the process. I'm sure you've heard the cliche, when one door closes, another door opens. 
And accepting change is simply focusing on the door that's open and not the door that's just closed. There's something called a personal change curve, and it gives you kind of a curve line as to how your emotional responses are to change. It starts in the shock area and goes all the way to integration. And in between are things like denial and anger, where you're resisting, uh, last hurrah, then you go into like a depression phase. And then once you start to accept things, you have something like curiosity and experimentation, enthusiasm, and patience and frustration, and then your integration. But it literally takes all of those things in order for you to get to that piece. So I think a lot of times people get stuck in some of those, like maybe denial, they don't want to know that it's happening. And so they try to deny it as much as they can. But honestly, if there's a change coming, denial is not going to get you any place. It's just going to kind of keep you keep your eyes closed until you get there. The feeling that you're being nudged into unknown territory makes everyone uncomfortable, but you just have to kind of experience it in your body and feel where it's at in your body and, and where that uncomfortableness is coming from. And did you want to change back to the previous way that you were living or do you want to stay the same? One thing that's really interesting about the emotional response curve to me when I look at it is it's a curve. It's not a straight line. So there's lows in the middle. So yes. depression is a low, but you immediately go back up, but you're going to hit that frustration again, right before integration. And I think the key when looking at this is keep going when you're in that low, because yes. your next step is up. And so let's look at each of these areas on the curve. So you're usually when you experience change, your first emotional response is shock. And you know, when the body goes into shock, just like a medical emergency, the blood flow slows and everything's are kind of everything like the organs and the tissues are deprived of oxygen. And the doctors, they all treat you for shock by providing basic needs and keeping you warm and you know, giving you oxygen and all that kind of stuff. But when you're in an emotional shock, it's a totally different thing. People regress, they, they get very childlike and maybe become very needy and very sad and unresponsive possibly. So it's really, really hard, you know, to follow that process unless you're very aware of it. And that's, again, the key to everything. It's just being aware of this cycle that happens when you're on your way to change. And the next one is denial. And I think that denial comes pretty quick because a lot of people don't really want to accept change. Sometimes change is really hard. And while it's inevitable, not all of us want to change. We want to stay stuck in the same place. It's very comfortable. You know, our subconscious is just so excited about keeping us in that warm, fuzzy, comfortable place. And change sometimes is a little uncomfortable. Denial is, is amazing because it kind of keeps us protected in some ways, but it also keeps us stuck. So you have to kind of open your awareness up when you're in that denial portion and kind of focus on what the problem is and then figure out, are you trying to get to that 
changed by going through your denial in a survival mode or are you trying to go through it in a nice, safe, um, acceptable way? So you have to kind of see what's happening while you're denying it. Denial is sometimes our subconscious way of keeping us safe and keeping us from experiencing anxiety or fear. It's protecting us from some of these other emotions. But sometimes to get out of denial, we just need to look at the problem from a different perspective, and then it will begin to open up to us. And after denial, that leads us into anger. And sometimes we start to question why this change is happening, why it's being done to me, why it's being done with me. And you just start to develop anger during the change process especially if you're starting to feel out of control. Sometimes change happens because of outside forces. And a lot of times this can lead you to feeling like you're not in control of the change. And that can lead to anger. And anger is such a primal emotion. It actually masks other emotions like fear, sadness, shame, and pain. It also releases norepinephrine which can numb pain, both physical and emotional. If there's a lot of anger, you can self-soothe by invalidating others and making them feel crummy rather than validating yourself. Watch for signs of that during anger because you might not just see the anger, you might see that fear, that sadness. And watch how it makes you feel inside. Are you getting surges of energy sometimes because anger will actually release enough epinephrine which will give you those surges of energy so you have to watch what happens when you're going through the anger phase what's it doing to you physically how's it make you feeling and sometimes you may need to peel back the layer of anger and sometimes you might have to sit with that anger for a while and just see what the underlying emotion is that's being protected by the anger. And I always say, try to get yourself in front of somebody that you trust um, so that you have that sense of safety so that you can maybe have some conversation around it and then reframe how you're feeling and um, try to diffuse it by maybe, you know, talking with somebody and having them listen to you and hold space for you until that anger kind of runs runs its course and, and you're feeling a little different at the, at the end of that conversation to redirect and just try to stay in the I statement. I feel, you know, this I is a, is a huge thing. Just, just bringing it home and keeping it to yourself. That resistance stops or starts wearing down. Our next thing is resistance. And that's really is a kind of a stuck place sometimes is, you know, when you review, when you view resistance as a healthy part of the change process, then you can get through it a little easier. As we start to come to the low point of the curve, we may be in resistance. And in this stages, a lot of times we'll see grief. We, and this is called bargaining. We'll start to negotiate. Are we going to accept it? Are we not going to accept it? Are we going to negotiate the terms of this change? So sometimes resistance to move forward will cause us friction and the heat that transforms us into the best version of ourselves is in this very moment. 
Resistance holds us up when we need something to lean on. And resistance, like sandpaper, can smooth away our rough edges. When we resist, we question everything. We question authority, we question our own perceptions, and we question our place in this world. And through our dance with resistance, we achieve clarity and intention and purpose. And then we come to the last hurrah. People often experience a grief when they release the old habits, especially if the habit is some sort of coping mechanism. And if this habit is a coping mechanism, then, and you're about to release that old habit, you might engage in what's called the last hurrah, which is like, you might eat an entire chocolate cake or smoke a whole carton of cigarettes. Wow. Um, <laughs> feelings of shame around this last hurrah can send someone spiraling, honestly, backwards into that resistance, the anger, the denial, and the shock. But if you're very conscious around it, then it gives you that opportunity to stop that spiral. You might want to consider adding some type of ceremony or some type of ritual to the hurrah, like maybe treat it as a memorial service um, that you know, you're giving that up in order to make room for a better, more desired change. So having gratitude and, ha and expressing that gratitude over and over again actually helps support that too. Imagine yourself releasing that habit freeing the energy and then bring it to someone to help you support it. And that last hurrah, that shame and that guilt, and that usually leads to the lowest point of the curve, which is depression. There also may be some biochemical changes occurring in the body. And so a detoxification may occur as a balance of chemical shift. For example, if a diet is altered, there can be a die-off of bacteria in the GI tract and growth of different bacteria. Our gut bacteria produce neurotransmitters that directly affect our mood. And like Shelley was saying, conscious awareness is everything. If you realize that this is happening, then you can take time to reflect and make healthy choices. And you can honor yourself in this time through self-care. You can do things for yourself like get massages. You can meditate, get more sleep, pick up a hobby like yoga. And another an unrealistic expectations at this stage can send someone spiraling down even more or back into the old behaviors. But if you're consciously aware and you realize what's happening, you can move forward because remember, this is the lowest point on the curve. So you only go up from here. So when you think you're at your lowest, that's when it's the most important to keep moving forward because the next step is acceptance. And on the other side of resistance and depression is that acceptance. So you can think of this stage as the first awakening out of a deep sleep. You're finally present and in the moment. And you can accept that morning has arrived, basically. But you might feel a little awkward and self-conscious in this period. But you're just taking your first steps. So give yourself some kudos. 
you might need like a shower and a cup of coffee before you can fully get into the whole formation of the plan change, but you're in that acceptance phase. So stay there in the presence and don't look too far in the future because that can be a little overwhelming. And then just look at it like some kind of resignation um, or maybe a settling, but you have to look at it in a great light and you have to be very aware so it doesn't send you backwards. So stay in the present moment and out of judgment. And that's where you should just kind of release those thoughts like the shoulds and the what ifs and what could have been. Because just you want to know, you want to remember and observe the what is without any judgment at all to yourself. So just practice gratitude and stay present and moving forward to the next change. Which, which is, is up. Always up. To curiosity and experiment. This is when it gets fun. The stage of curiosity can last for a few moments or a few months. This is a phase of possibility. This phase brings fun into the change process. You start to really learn about this change, about the new things you're doing or whatever this new thing is. You start to become curious about it and want to learn about it and experiment with it. And this is a really fun and exciting stage. And this leads you into enthusiasm. Because now that you're learning about it and experimenting with it, now you're excited about it. You start to have breakthroughs. You start to realize the new opportunities. You start to have optimism. And you start to realize that change can become addictive. You want to make sure during this phase that you don't want to try to do too much. You know, everybody wants to do everything now and you want to do it great especially when you learn about something new and you're so excited about it so make sure you don't do too much and then fail because then you might want to slide back down into the depression stage and if you're aware that this could happen then you just want to take everything and do everything in moderation which then can lead you into impatience and frustration and if change is not moving fast enough we need reminders that life moves forward like the tide with ebb and flow. If we are eager to change, sometimes we forget that when we add new things into the, to our life, we often need to take the time to prune away the old stuff too. So when we change a behavior, we might unknowingly make an unrelated old behavior obsolete. And we kind of want to not do that because what it does is it frustrates us. So we want to take the bigger picture of life and then maybe take out the wheel of balance like we have discussed and maybe a values sorter and what can be weeded out what can be simplified what's your thoughts and your stories and your behaviors which ones of those are not serving you any longer and once you figure that out you can really start to integrate the change into your being to your new life so integration is the next step. And you may not even be able to remember or imagine how your life was before the change. You fully committed to the change. You've integrated it into your life. It now becomes a part of your identity, yourself. It's who you are. And you, you barely even remember what your life was like before. So you've reached the top of the curve. You made it through all 11 steps. 
And I think really the key point is to be aware of each stage. When you know what the next stage is and you start to expect it and you know how to navigate through it and you know it's just a step on the stepping stones and eventually you're going to get to integration. Now there's a few myths to behavior change and we know that change makes us more adaptive and sparks continual improvement and growth in our lives. However, we tend to be a little biased uh, in what motivates us and our fellow human beings. We're born with a will to survive, a will to heal, and a will to feel whole. With each successfully navigated change, we grow stronger and more resilient. People who move easily through change know that every challenge can be reframed in a way that helps strengthen their resolve allowing them to move through change in a calmer, more optimistic way. So six things to remember if you're going through change, if you're experiencing change right now, or if you know you're going to have change in the future. Remember to show up, speak up, look up, team up, never give up, and always lift others up. And you'll make it through. You'll make it through that curve. Just be aware of each step on that curve. And if you have any questions about this week's podcast, please feel free to reach out to Amy or I. We would love to help you with what's going on with you. And we want to help you create positive change in your life. We've got some really good episodes coming up leading into the new year. I'm really excited about some things that we have planned Close to the new year, we're going to do a vision board. We're going to be sharing that on YouTube and we're going to be doing that together on YouTube. So that's going to be super fun. But next week, Shelly, what are we talking about? Next week is really important. We're talking about gut health. I think that's really a good topic, especially right after Thanksgiving and then the holidays coming up. I know sometimes the holidays it's all the good food. It's around us and it's so hard to stay away from. So gut health is super important because we want to make sure that we keep ourselves healthy so that on those times where we slip, it doesn't actually affect us too much. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait for us to talk more about it. Let's talk about what's coming up for us. We're going to be giving away a lemon oil, aren't we, Amy? Yes, December 14th, we're going to announce it live on the podcast. Shelly, tell them all about the lemon oil. So lemon oil is awesome to put in your water. You can just put a drop of a lemon in your water and have a nice infused um, glass of water with lemon in it. It's great to help um, clean not only the blood, but the system. And lemon oil just smells so amazing. You can also use it on your countertops um, in a spray bottle with some water and vinegar to clean your counters. And again, because it smells so amazing, it gives you that uplifting feeling when you smell it. So it's like having sunshine in a bottle, really. I'm excited to give some away to somebody. I'm excited too. And all you have to do is go to Spotify or your favorite streaming app and go to Holistic Wednesdays. That's Holistic with a W. Hit the follow button, take a screenshot, and email that screenshot to holisticwednesdays at gmail.com. 
that email gets you in the drawing. We will draw it live on the podcast December 14th. The winner will be contacted via email and we will get their shipping information and send it to them the very next day so that it arrives in time for the holidays. Woohoo! I'll see you next week, Shelly. All right, Amy. Have a great week. See you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Holistic Wednesdays with Amy and Shelly. Love our content? Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Holistic underscore Wednesdays. That's Holistic with a W. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for extra content and live events. You can also reach us at our email at holisticwednesdays at gmail.com. See you next Wednesday.